everybody? Welcome to Extreme EvoCast Episode 7, an all-purpose Pokemon podcast where we talk about news, trivia, and everything related to Pokemon. Now you're probably asking yourself, hey Lily, what's up with the the, the intro? Uh, I, you know, I had that intro in like the first two, three episodes, I believe, uh, and I got rid of it. Uh, you know, episode four or five, something like that. I'm not sure exactly when it was, but it was it was some some time uh, where I decided to get rid of the intro and just say, you know, hey, welcome back. Just jump right into things. And I, my thought process was, I mean, hey, if you're if you're listening to the episode like episode seven or episode four or five, uh, you know, my thought process then, like, you'd already know what the podcast was about if you were already on episode four or five, you know, whatever. Uh, but I realized recently, which is why I'm bringing it back, that uh, the people who come in and watch, uh, you know, listen to the podcast for the first time would probably start with, uh, you know, at the most recent episode, which in this case is this episode, if you're starting now, at least. And I thought, you know, because this isn't a chronological podcast, it doesn't have a specific order, it doesn't really have a, a you know, a rhyme or reason to it it doesn't have a story it's just kind of a uh, bi-weekly thing that you can listen to you can listen to any episode in any order you want uh just as long as you don't care about you know like the news i mean the news is more topical uh the news segment is kind of not really anything you know anything to do with if, if you listen to it at a later date you know you're not going to really care about the news because say for example detective pikachu if you've already listened if you're gonna, if people are listening to the, that episode 2 years from now it's going to be like okay you know detective pikachu already came out uh you know the new or the news announcing detective pikachu it's going to be old news and people will probably just get past it it doesn't matter uh and i i i like having it be a more topical podcast um but besides that point i want it to be more uh, recognizable, and I also thought that the having an intro like that, you know, greetings everyone, welcome back to Extreme Cast, an all-purpose Pokemon podcast where we talk about news trivia and everything related to Pokemon. It's catchy, I guess. It's quick. I can say it easily. I can remember it easily. It's become muscle memory at this point, even though it's only been, like, what, three months? Uh, a little bit more than that, because this is the eighth episode, technically, even though it's only episode seven, and I've gotten used to saying it. I've gotten used to forming the words quickly uh and it's something that can be you know like not that this this podcast needs to be easily recognizable because you know if you're listening to a podcast you're listening to a podcast it's not going to be you know people are going to recognize my voice recognize the, the the flow of the episode all that kind of stuff um but i thought in just kind of an aesthetic point it would be more it would be good to have something uh you know more like flavor something that would be easier easily recognizable and just for fun, having a, having a good intro would keep the, the series and the podcast kind of standalone, kind of, uh, you know, personal, give it a more unique and like, you know, character, I guess, it, it is, the, is a good way of explaining it. Uh, and so, so I thought bringing back the intro and having something like that would be good for the, for the podcast. I almost said series again. This isn't a series. This is just a podcast. Uh, good for the podcast and you know, it's helpful. It also helps me solidify, uh, you know, getting ready, getting started in the episode. It kind of gives me something to to base uh, what I want to talk about on. It kind of brings me into the mood. So it's good to have something something like that, you know. 
Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, something real quick, a disclaimer almost. Not really a disclaimer, just a, a, a topic before um, I get into the news and what I want to talk about today. Uh, something real quick is that uh, today, the uh, this episode and next episode might be a little shorter than normal. Uh, that's, you know, last episode was like an hour and five minutes. Normally, episodes tend to range from minimum 50 minutes to maximum like an hour and a half. Uh, because I do only get three hours of uploading uh, every month, which uh, that would translate to an hour and a half per episode, you know, maximum, best case scenario, two uh, two episodes in an hour and a half each every month, uh, which would be, you know, every two weeks. Uh, so, but because of a weird thing uh, that I don't really know the reason for, uh, I have to record three episodes this month just in this time frame uh, in order to meet up with the schedule because if I didn't uh, I wouldn't I would have to delay some episodes and I believe it's because I delayed last week's episode or last episode uh, the detective Pikachu one I delayed it by about a day uh, if you've been following the series it came out a week or a week geez I'm not you know, I'm not that incompetent uh, it came out a day later it came out on Thursday instead of Wednesday. That was because, actually, of that little uh, thing. I couldn't upload any more time. Something something happened with the, uh, you know, the, the service that I use to upload my podcast, which, of course, is Buzzsprout, uh, and because I get three hours a, a month, uh, I used it up, and it, it didn't renew until Thursday. It didn't renew until the day after, and I believe, I, I, I don't know the reason behind that, but I hope it doesn't happen again. If it does, I'm going to have to do this again, uh, which isn't too big of a deal. I mean, you know, having some shorter episodes is fine, but what I basically need to do is upload three episodes uh, this cycle, I suppose. And because it's three hours, I'm going to have to have them be under or around an hour each. You know, last episode was an hour and five minutes. This episode's going to, these next few episodes are going to have to be, you know, either an hour or 55 minutes in length. So, few shorter episodes coming up including this one uh probably gonna have this one be about like 50 minutes maybe something like that uh maybe even shorter if i if i run out of things to talk about and the next episode will use up whatever time i have left essentially and then after that things will go back on schedule hopefully i'll have an hour and a half to do an episode uh then again i'm not guaranteeing that i'll be doing things an hour and a half you know doing an episode an hour and a half every time just because of uh, different topics, different amount of news that come out. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not really too worried about having a specific time frame for episodes. So any, anywhere in between 45 minutes and an hour and a half, it's fine with me. Uh, I'm not too worried about it. And of course, you know, time frames are, you know, they're relative because, uh, you know, like I said, things change, things that I can talk about change. Sometimes I have a lot of stuff to talk about. Sometimes I don't. Uh, like for example, the first episode, I had a lot to talk about and it ended up being like an hour and a half. And then I realized later, you know, when I started doing the second, third, fourth episode, I was like, huh, I had a lot to talk about then and not much to talk about in these episodes. So the episodes tended to kind of balance, you know, plateau, balance themselves out and be on the shorter side, which is fine. Uh, so jumping into uh, one more thing I wanted to talk about real quick. I know we've been already been talking for about seven minutes, but just bear with me. Uh, I have quite a lot to talk about today, so I'll try to keep it quick. Uh, something that I just wanted to share, more of a personal thing. I want to be more personal on this podcast anyway. Uh, something that I have been realizing recently because of my, my streaming time, uh, my, you know, I'm doing more streaming, 
uh, doing more YouTube videos, all that type of stuff. And also this podcast, I realized that I've become a lot more confident in talking. I mean, if you go, if you listen to this episode and you go back and listen to the first episode, I'm very quiet in the first episode. I'm kind of slow, nervous. I mean, hey, it's the first episode of the podcast, right? You know, you don't expect me to be super confident. I've never done anything like that before, as I mentioned in the first episode. But uh, now that I've started to do more streaming things, I've started to be more comfortable with my voice and talking to nobody for hours upon end. Uh, you know, streaming is a little bit different because I have things to talk about. I have uh, the game that I'm tra- playing to talk about. I have people to talk to in the chat. It's different. You know, shameless plug, go follow my Twitch if you're interested in hearing about that. Twitch.tv slash Lilician. Uh, I stream every other day, pretty much, except for the weekends. Sometimes it's a little iffy. I'm not going to go into it. But uh, I do stream lots of Pokemon there. Uh, lots of uh, lots of other stuff, too. I, I've been doing a randomizer Nuzlocke, as I talked about, and also a, I'm getting back into shiny hunting, which is, uh, you know, nicely what we're talking about today. Uh, and also, I've uh, just, you know, going back to what I was saying, uh, I've been talking, I've been realizing that I've been a lot more, I've been, I've been talking a lot easier to the, to the microphone, just talking, being more confident, being more uh, loud and proud. I was just going to say loud, but I mean, hey, I'm not that loud. You know, uh, just being more loud and proud, being more, uh, having more personality in my voice, having more, more confidence, uh, which is the biggest thing. Thankfully, uh, I knew that it would happen eventually. I knew that it would happen over time. But as I've been doing this series, this podcast, my streaming, my recordings, I've become a lot more confident. So expect that in the future. Expect some more personality, some more confidence, uh, you know, better quality, hopefully. Uh, I tend to, I've noticed I tend to say, um, and pause a lot, but hopefully those will iron out over time. And, and even then, uh, I've heard from a few people that it doesn't bother them. I've heard from many people that, uh, you know, it's not, it's not noticeable, you know, you don't notice it. It's just kind of like listening to somebody talk. I mean, when I'm talking personally, I notice myself doing it a lot and I've been trying to, to avoid it you know, avoid stuttering, avoid saying, um, avoid pausing for long periods of time because it could be kind of distracting and, uh, less professional. Then again, you know, this podcast isn't super professional. It's just, I'm just sitting in my room talking about Pokemon every other week. It's just, you know, it's a personal project. I'm not too worried about it, but I would like it to be as professional and as clean as possible for you guys specifically, because I've heard that's the best way to, to, to make more entertaining content, more entertaining media. Uh, so I'll try, you know, First, I got to iron out the the anxieties, uh, getting more confident in talking for long periods of time, talking uh, smoothly, talking with more personality, which I feel like I've been getting better at. You know, like I said, listen to the first few episodes and come back and listen to this one. You'll hear a vast difference in my voice. Uh, I was a lot softer back then. I say back then like it wasn't three months ago, but just doing it it might be the atmosphere that I'm into because there I was in my college dorm and there were lots of people around me at all times I didn't have any roommates but there were still uh people in dorms next to me and I didn't want to be like super loud but now that I'm back in my uh in my at my parents house I you know when they're when they're gone for the day when we at work when I when I record most of my things mostly when I stream when I when I record EvoCast uh I get to talk as loud as I want, because nobody's going to hear me. There's nobody around. Neighbors can't hear me from that far away, so I get to be loud and proud, and uh, hopefully that will help me build more confidence. Anyway, I just wanted to talk about that real quick, because I've 
been pretty proud of myself, uh, you know, being more confident in talking and stuff. And I figured it's it's a good thing to start the episode with, kind of give a little bit of disclaimer about how I, how I'm feeling about the podcast. And uh, yeah, so uh, we're gonna move on to the main event, I suppose. Uh, the news, of course, you know, we always start out with the news, uh, the weekly news or the monthly news, I suppose, or bi-weekly news, you know, you know how it goes. So, uh, big news with Pokemon Go right now. They just introduced three more lures. They had the Glacial Lure, uh, the, if I can find it, I'm kind of going on a whim here, looking for the Twitter post. This is obviously coming from the Pokemon Go Twitter. There is the Mossy Lore, the Glacial Lore, and the Magnetic Lore, which is uh, obviously, they, you know, they're new lores that you put on Pokestops, and they attract uh, types of Pokemon specific to them. Uh, the Mossy Lure uh, attracts uh, Grass-type Pokemon, Glacial attracts Ice, and Magnetic attracts Magnetic Pokemon, which... Uh, you know, unsurprising to everybody. Uh, this is actually the way that you evolve certain Pokemon. Uh, if you have a Mossy Lore, and you, uh, if you're around a Mossy Lore, you can evolve Eevee into Leafeon, Glacial, you can evolve Eevee into Glaceon, and then with the Magnetic Lore, you can evolve, uh, say, Magneton into Magnezone, Nosepass into Probopass, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think that's really interesting, and I think that's a good way of going about it, because they're, they've always tried to keep it consistent, with how you evolve uh, certain Pokemon, like with uh, Magnezone and Probopass, for example, you had to be in Mount Coronet in the original games, and in every game since, they've added a way to evolve those Pokemon in pretty much every game. Uh, you know, you evolve uh, Magnezone, you know, evolve into Magnezone and Probopass in magnetic e areas. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but they're, you know, you evolve them in certain areas of the game and they evolve there, or you level them up in certain areas of the game. And with Glaceon and Leafeon, you know, you've always had to evolve them with the Moss Stone and the the Ice Rock, or the Moss Rock and the Ice Rock, uh, which is cool. I like how they're kind of nodding to the series with uh, these consistent ways of evolving Pokemon, which I appreciate. So all you have to do is go to a lore, or go to a Pokestop, put the lore on the Pokestop, and you can evolve your Pokemon. Evolve, you know, evolve uh, your Eevees into whatever evolution you want, and your magnetic Pokemon into their respective evolutions. Uh, I have been very, very looking forward to this, very excited, because I do have two shiny Eevees. One of them is named Lily Jr., <laughs> which I am going to be evolving into, into Glaceon, shiny Glaceon, once I get my hand on a Pokestop. Uh, around here, and I'm very, very excited because I've been waiting for Shiny Glaceon for so long. Glaceon, of course, as you know, is my favorite Pokemon of all time, favorite evolution, and also just favorite Pokemon, so I am over the moon about uh, these new evolutions coming. New evolutions, you know? Glaceon and Leafeon, my favorite Pokemon. Uh, I am... Uh, saving my other shiny EV4 uh, Leafeon too, I w or I was saving it for shiny Leafeon. Uh, no reason, just I just thought it would be interesting. I didn't really want any of the other evolutions uh, to be shiny. I only got two shiny EVs across all the events, so I thought I'd save them for Leafeon and Glaceon. And it seems with this update, uh, some of the Pokemon, for example, that you can catch are Cherim and Cherubi, uh, the Burmy line, Mothim, of course. Uh, and Gibble is coming uh, to Pokemon Go with this new update. It's already out. I'm 99% I'm sure it's already out uh, when you, as you're listening to this. 
And you can also, like I said, evolve Magneton and Nosepass with these lures. There might be some other Pokemon, but that's just what they show on the official Twitter. There is lots of Pokemon Go news today. Uh, this is going to be most of the episode, honestly, talking about this new Pokemon Go stuff. Um, this is a little bit outdated, just unfortunately because of the how often I do this podcast. Some things are going to be outdated, but there was a Lapras Raid Day on May 25th for players outside of Asia and May 26th for anyone in Asia from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, on the appointed day, you could get Lapras uh, with a special move, which is Ice Shard. Uh, you know, you get more Lapras Rage. You could also get Shining Lapras. But of course, I'm not going to go into that much because it already passed. Uh, we're already, you know, it's 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 a past event, so I'm not going to talk about it. Like, I'm not going to get hyped up about it. I'm not going to hype you guys up about it because... You know, there's no chance for it anymore, unfortunately. What I can talk about in terms of raids is that in the future, there's going to be uh, three more five-star raids with Cresselia, Kyogre, and Groudon raids coming soon, very, very soon. Uh, Those are coming on, if I can find the date, it's on the Pokemon Go Live official website. It is uh, May 27th. At 1 p.m. to Tuesday, June 18th. So it's already going on, actually. I was wrong. Uh, it's going on right now uh, for Cresselia. Those are the Cresselia timestamps. Uh, Kyogre starts immediately after June 18th, 2019 to 1 p.m. No, at 1 p.m. to Thursday, June 27th at 1 p.m. Uh, so it's June 18th to June 27th for Kyogre. And Groudon is June 27th to July 10th. So it's like a two-month time for these three Pokemon. Uh, so... And it's already it's already it's already happening right now for Cresselia, and you can get shiny Cresselia, uh, shiny Kyogre, and shiny Groudon with these events. So go get go get your go get your raids. Go go do it. What are you what are you waiting for? Go out and go out and get a shiny Cresselia. Now this relates to everything going on with Pokemon Go right now. Personally, uh, because I'm at my parents' house in the smack dab in the middle of goddamn nowhere. I have no access to Pokemon Go. There is nothing around me. There's like one gym that's like a 20-minute bike ride away from my house with a Pokestop there too. Uh, And I'm only going to want to go there every so often. So this Pokemon Go stuff is going to be kind of, you know, limited to me, unfortunately. But it's fine. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, This is, of course, into a segue into our segment. Uh, one of the three segments we're going to do today, of course, the one that everyone knows and loves, uh, Reviewity Day, the segment with the weirdest name so far that we've had on this podcast, where we go over the past community days in review. Uh, of course, the one that happened recently was Torchic Community Day. Like I said, because I've been home, I haven't been able to go out. Uh, I mean, I've been able to go out, but there's like no Pokemon near me at all, so I went out, and there were there's been no Torchics. I have I have not I didn't even find a single Torchic. When I went out, I only went out for like 10 minutes and realized that there's no Torchics and then went home. Uh, so I had no chance of getting a shiny one, no chance of getting any Torchics. It's fine. I'm a little bit upset at the fact that I'm not going to be able to do anything until I go back to college uh, after the summer ends. But, you know, it's fine. But that doesn't mean you aren't. So on May 19th, 2019, from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., normally the normal community day time, there was a Torchic community day. Uh, Torchic, will appear, Torchic appeared more frequently in the wild. Lure modules lasted three hours, of course. Uh, Torchic was shiny during the event. Uh, you can evolve Combusken during... You, you, you could evolve Combusken during the event. 
uh, to obtain Blaziken that knows a special move, which was uh, the website that I have right now doesn't show what move it was. One second. Let me look that up because I don't know. I thought that this website had everything that I needed, but of course it didn't. Let's see. It was Blast Burn. Uh, of course, the, you know, the, the go-to fire, you know, super good starter fire move. I should have expected as such. It was Blast Burn. Uh, the website that I was using didn't have that listed because I don't think they they revealed it immediately uh, when they announced the Torchic uh, Community Day. And unfortunately, kind of uh, lacking on the review aspect of this Community Day, I didn't get to uh, really go out and do it, so I can't review it all that much. But I hope everyone who did the Community Day had a good time. Uh, I hope you got your shiny chicks. I hope you got your chicken nuggets, uh, your sparkly chicken nuggets. And that's another Community Day. Uh, of course, like I mentioned in the past Community Day up, uh, episode, that means that in the future we're going to have a non-starter Community Day uh, featured Pokemon, which we already know what it is, which I'm killing it with the segues this episode. It's Slackoth. Slackoth is going to be the next Community Day, um, the, you know, the next, the next Community Day featured Pokemon. And looking at the website, says uh, featured Pokemon Slackoth, one-fourth egg hatch distance, three-hour lures, and the exclusive move is to be announced. It's not there. We're, we're going to know that eventually. I will update y'all on what, mo- what move it is uh, in the next episode, hopefully, uh, if the community doesn't happen by then, which oh, actually it will. So we'll already know. That'll be the next uh, Ravinity Day, June 8th, 2019. So get hyped for uh, Slackoth. An interesting one. I, I mean, I expected them to do... You know, like a three-stage uh, Hoenn, uh, Hoenn Pokemon that isn't a starter. Not a pseudo-legendary, which is interesting to me. Uh, kind of following the same formula as a pseudo-legendary. You know, a three-stage Pokemon with a very powerful final stage. Uh, but of course, it's not uh, Slacking is not a pseudo-legendary because it doesn't meet the requirements for a pseudo-legendary. Uh, kind of following the same formula as, like, say, Mareep. That one Mareep community that we had, which is interesting. Uh... Yeah, a little bit of, a, of an unorthodox Pokemon to be looking at for Community Day, but you, there's not really any that you could expect other than Slackoth, so I'm excited. I'm, I'm hope, Hopefully I can go out somewhere, have a chance to go out and get a shiny Slackoth, uh, which I'm very excited about. And I hope you are too. Now I'm going to kind of speed round this next set of news because we're already almost halfway through the episode. Uh, we haven't even gotten to our main segment yet. So speed round of news, uh, Malaysia Trainers now get the 40th level Pokestop nomination thing, which is where play, uh, you know players at level 40 can nominate you know areas of interest around their area to be turned into Pokestops, which is fun. Um, something not related to Pokemon Go. There is more Tag Team Pokemon GX cards going on, which seems to be Gardevoir and Sylveon and Reshiram and Charizard in the new Sun and Moon Unbroken Bonds, which is following the same... Uh, the same kind of formula as the last tag team cards, which I'm excited to see what Pokemon pairs they put together next time. Uh, there is new Detective Pikachu uh, jewelry at the Pokemon Center. Uh, they in limited time, limited time offer. There's like a necklace with with a te- with a detective hat with Pikachu ears, uh, a, another necklace with like a magnifying glass with a Pikachu tail, 
and Pikachu ear uh, earrings. Next up, uh, Pokemon. The Pokemon official Twitter is uh, submitting or retweeting uh, really cool art from from fans with the tag Rhyme Sona, which is of course like uh, you know personas of of, of people uh, that are interested in doing this with Pokemon with their partner Pokemon akin to Rhyme City in the new in the new Detective Pikachu movie. Uh, they've been retweeting amazing art by amazing artists uh, all across, you know, all over the place with their partner Pokemon, and it's really good. I'm glad to see more art being retweeted from the, the Pokemon thing, you know, giving giving a light to the community a little bit, and I might have to do that myself. It's a really interesting, it's a really interesting new trend going along. Uh, if you want to see more of it, you can look up hashtag RhymeSona on Twitter, where people are doing amazing art. And who knows, if you if you do it yourself, you might even get retweeted by Pokemon. And finally, last but not least, uh, there is the ticket sales for the Pokemon Go Fest in Dortmund have now ended. Uh, so you could no longer buy tickets to the Pokemon Go Fest 2019 in Dortmund. So sorry if you missed your chance, but they are not available anymore. And finally, almost exactly 25 minutes into the episode, we're going to be uh, entering our main topic for today, which, akin to Community Days and stuff, is Shiny Pokemon. Uh, I imagine this isn't going to be the last time that I talk about Shiny Pokemon, because I have a lot, a lot, a lot to say. But think of this as kind of Shiny Pokemon Episode 1. I'm sure I'll talk about Shiny Pokemon in the future more, because, uh, like I said, I am a little bit limited on time for this episode. But uh, I do want to talk about Shiny Pokemon. Uh, it's been kind of a, a thing that's coming up more recently in my life, and I thought it would be a good topic for today. Uh, so specifically in the personal aspect of Shiny Pokemon, uh, I have been doing more Shiny hunting on my Twitch channel, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, I apologize for the <laughs> double shameless plug in my podcast, but uh, I am Shiny hunting more in Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. You can expect to see it more often nowadays. I'm doing it uh, it's really, really fun. Uh, just recently, actually, on Saturday, I believe, I did actually find a shiny Pidgeotto in my, when I was hunting for Eevee. I didn't catch it because I already have one and I'm doing the hunt for the shiny living decks. Uh, but I did find a shiny Pidgeotto and the highlight of that will be uploaded to my YouTube channel pretty soon. But shiny hunting for me, uh, has been something I've been very on and off about. Uh, before I used to do it a lot, like a lot, a lot. I used to spend a lot of time shiny hunting and then I kind of got out of it, but uh, I got back into it recently and it's it's really fun. Like shiny hunting for me is the kind of thing that I could just do while watching other things like watching YouTube or watching movies or anything like that. If it's of course a hunt that you don't have to pay very much attention to. Uh, and I've been, like I said, I've been getting a lot back into it, which is why I wanted to plug my shiny hunting streams on Twitch because I'm into it. I'm very into it right now. It's very, very entertaining to me. It's something that I like streaming a lot because it's, it's very relaxing. Uh, if I'm streaming something else, sometimes it could be a little bit stressful with uh, having to talk and play games at the same time. Something either competitive, something very technical like Smash, for example. But with shiny hunting, I can just kind of sit back, relax, and uh, hunt those sparkly Pokemon, which I've been very much enjoying recently and I expect to do a lot in the future. Speaking of past uh, hunts, or speaking of hunts in general, uh, I wanted to share the story of <laughs> one of the shiny hunts that 
it's still going on. Like I, I'm saying this, like it has, it's already ended, but it's actually still going on. I mean, granted, I haven't been doing it very much at all. I've been doing, it's, it's been very on and off. Uh, I did it a lot a while ago and I haven't done it in like almost a year probably at this point. But that is my my hunt in Pokemon Sun and Moon for a shiny Pukamuku. <laughs> I know. Weird Pokemon hunt, right? I mean, it's Pukamuku. I love Pukamuku, one of my favorite Pokemon. Uh, and I started out doing SOS hunting. Uh, SOS hunting is, of course, when you have a Pokemon call down for help uh, over and over again until you reach a certain chain. And once you reach a certain chain of, I believe, 70 or higher, it raises the chance of being shiny. This is, of course... Uh, available in Pokemon Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. It's a very uh, fun way of shiny hunting, and it requires a lot of technical knowledge of the game, and it, it, it usually requires uh, certain Pokemon to be used. For example, I have a Exeggutor, I believe, with Harvest, with a... or the ability Harvest with a Lepa Berry, uh, which it, uh, it uses to give the enemy Pukamukus uh, Lepa Berries, which restores its PP, so you don't have to worry about a Pokemon using Struggle uh, to, uh, you know, in order to keep it alive, so you don't have to accidentally break your chain, you don't have to watch to see if it, uh, to see if it will end up using Struggle and end up killing itself, which has happened to me many times before. It's a really, really good way of, uh, kind of not dumbing down but like removing a lot of stress in shiny hunting and uh you know making it so you can just kind of sit back and relax and not worry about it all too much um but and also also ac- uh, accompanied by a i believe a parasect that uh somebody gave me that has you know false swipe sleep powder you know general shiny hunting stuff uh in order to catch that shiny pokemon when it finally appears but it started out doing an. It started out as an SOS hunt, and Pukamuku is an interesting Pokemon to SOS hunt, of course, because you, as you know, Pukamuku has the ability Innards Out, which makes it so every time you faint it, it deals damage equal to its HP back to you. And if a level, you know, I believe they're like level twelve or fifteen, uh, or level some, maybe somewhere around there. I'm not sure. I haven't done it in a while. Like I said. Uh, Pokemon around then have like around like 60, 70 HP. And every time you fate them, they're going to do that damage back to you. So you have to constantly heal, constantly, you know, use recovering moves. And it, it's not fun. It really isn't fun at all. Uh, Pukumuku is an interest, a very difficult Pokemon to hunt in my opinion, but I am so adamant about it. I have gone through about 6,000 encounters of this Pukumuku. I haven't kept uh, count exactly, but I have a general idea of how how far I've gone. Uh, I lost count at this point. Last time I last time I knew how far I was in was at like uh, four thousand five hundred, and then I just decided to stop counting at this point because, wow, like that's a lot of Pukumukus and a lot of time, a lot of wasted hours, not uh, getting my green sea pickle that I want so very very badly. Uh, I moved over to uh, hatching for a little while, maybe for about like a thousand eggs, I believe, uh, but no dice, of course, or I wouldn't be talking about it, and then I went back to SOS hunting, uh, something that I really need to do in the future more, because I really, really want to get this Pukumuku, not, honestly, not even because I want the Pukumuku anymore, it's literally just because I'm so determined, I mean, if I've gone this far, why would I give up, why would I go and do something else, you know, uh, so, you know, wish me luck, uh, getting the shiny Pukumuku, 
uh, something that I might start up again soon. I believe I took a break from it a while ago, and I'm now hunting Nihiligo, uh, which is another interesting Pokemon to hunt. Of course, soft resetting, soft reset, uh, shiny hunting tends to take a long time, uh, just because of the nature of no increasing, you know, no increasing odds. Of course, soft resetting is where you save in front of a static Pokemon, like a like a legendary or an Ultra Beast in this case, and you save in front of it. You talk to the Pokemon, encounter it. If it's not shiny, you reset, which is why it's called soft resetting. You reset the game using a certain button command, and it, and you just go and go and go until uh, you get your shiny, which soft resetting for Pokemon tends to take longer, like I said, because there's no increased shiny chance. There's no way of increasing your chance unless, of course, you have the shiny charm. Uh, it doesn't change. Uh, it, it, it's just the same odds, which aren't even that good because you're not using any method to increase them. So it, soft resetting tends to take a long time. Generally, though, the encounter rate, uh, you know, the encounters like that you do compared to running around for wild Pokemon tend to be a little bit higher because uh, soft resetting is a very quick action. Uh, so, yeah, one of the many ways that I've been doing recently to shiny hunt. Uh, and speaking of shiny odds... Something I wanted to talk about briefly, I think it's interesting how much shiny odds have changed around, uh, you know, in Pokemon games as they've evolved over time. Of course, if you didn't know, shiny odds for Pokemon up until Pokemon X and Y, where they were decreased, were 1 in 8,192, or a probability of 0.012% chance of every encounter. Uh, they are determined by your trainer ID number, and if the... If a ID, uh, the personal value, personality value, sorry, of the Pokemon matches your training at trainer ID, uh, the Pokemon will be shiny. And if you don't know what shiny Pokemon are at this point, shiny Pokemon are different colorations of Pokemon uh, where, you know, they have a different color palette and they sparkle and you send them out in battle. They have no extra stats, no, uh, you know, no inherent value in terms of actual gameplay but they're nice you know they're rare and that's what makes them fun to hunt for and and shinies for me have always been really fun uh given some things that i'm normally pretty interested in which is hunting for rare things of course shiny pokemon are very very rare and i've always been really interested in shiny pokemon i've had a lot of people that i've known that are very very avid pokemon fans and they've they've never really seen shinies in it as anything important you know they've never really cared too much about shiny pokemon uh you know, they're cool and all, but, you know, they're not really used. They're, like, you know, they're useless in terms of actual gameplay. But, to me, collecting them is the, is the fun part. Uh, my kind of uh, mentality when it comes to Pokemon, uh, shiny hunting at least, is it's the hunt that makes them so fun. You know, it's the, it's the journey. That they're so rare that going through this monotonous task of, of hunting for these, these different colored sparkly Pokemon is so fun because just the, the thrill of hunting something so rare is the fun part, uh, which I will go on to talk about uh, wormhole hunting in Pokemon Sun and Moon, and, or in, sorry, Pokemon Ultra Sun and Moon, and a little bit of a gripe of mine specifically. Uh, I don't like the wormhole method in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon specifically because the encounter rates for shiny Pokemon when you go through the wormholes in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are extremely, extremely high. They're extremely common. Uh, there is up to a 30, almost a 30% chance when you have the shiny charm in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon to encounter a shiny Pokemon, a normal shiny Pokemon, not a legendary, when going through the wormholes. And like, 
that takes away the fun of it, in my opinion. Uh, I've never done any wormhole hunting. I've watched videos of people wormhole hunting, and like it just doesn't seem fun to me because like you go through the wormholes and there it is, shiny Pokemon. Like thirty percent chance to have a shiny Pokemon. Like it's not. It, there's no. There's there's no hunt. It's just kind of like it's pretty much always there, you know, like, it's not, of course, it's not a 100% chance, and, like, it's, it, I, th- I believe it scales with how far you've gone through the wormhole, but, like, it's, in my opinion, it's not, it's not as labor-intensive, and that's what, not labor-intensive, that sounds very harsh, but, you know, there's not, there's not a big hunt, and that's, in my opinion, that's what makes shining hunting fun, is the hunt, the journey, actually going through the time, the monotonous grind to, find the one in 8,192 chance or, you know, after X and Y, the one in 4,096, like that's still such a high number and inversely such a low chance of finding a shiny Pokemon. And that's what makes them so rare. They're so, they're, they're such, you know, they're so uncommon. It's, it's fun to do that. And to me, that's what makes shiny hunting so fun. And when you use the wormhole method, it just throws that entire that entire logic out the window because they're so common it it doesn't make it it doesn't it doesn't it's not as hard to find them and it ruins it all for me that's why like i said you'll never see me do wormhole hunting ever (laughs) because like they're just easy shinies and i don't want to not work for my shinies because that's what i enjoy about shiny hunting and i hope some people feel the same way because whenever i see somebody doing wormhole method I feel very strongly about this. I do and I do feel like it's not cheating because it's it's part of the game, but I feel like it's just kind of cheap. Now, I want to go on to talk about um just shinies in general and why I love shiny hunting so much and specifically that's because of the community. There's so many uh shiny hunters on YouTube, on, you know, every social media website you can find. You can probably find something about shiny hunting and shinies are very, you know, they're so popular, and I would be shocked to find any avid Pokemon fan to not know what a shiny Pokemon is, because the community is so chock full of of shiny hunters, people who even look for shinies, even people just telling tales of shinies that they found randomly. You know, shinies are for everybody, Uh, but of course there are the select few, the shiny hunters, that go through and really chip away at the game and the you know the the way the game works the way that they ca- the way that it calculates shinies and of course they go through these intense methods of finding shinies uh looking for shinies all you know i i really appreciate like almost like the data mining that goes through in trying to figure out the most efficient way to find shinies because even if people try to go out of their way to find the easiest way you know the game still limits it in a in a hardened way and it makes them rare very very rare and i'm happy with how intense and how uh you know hard working the community is and how how adamant they are about about shinies about hunting shinies you know i've seen people hunt like over 15 to 20 shiny combis before getting a female combi because they just wanted a shiny vespaquin uh, I've seen people go through and try to hunt a shiny Feebas in the original uh, Ruby Sapphire Emerald games. You know how hard that is to find a Feebas in general, but I've seen people try to find shinies, and they have. Like, it, it, people strive every day to try to make more challenges for themselves and make things harder on themselves just because that's what's fun. That's what people enjoy doing. And that's why I enjoy shiny so much, because they're they're so 
challenging, but so simple at the same time. Now, I could go on forever about how I feel about about shiny Pokemon, about how many different types of methods there are for hunting. I can always go through these uh, types of things another day, uh, but we are going to hop into our uh, first segment of the day, well, second segment of the day, Random Pokemon of the Week. You know it well, where we go through a random Pokemon every episode and talk about everything related to that Pokemon. And Pokemon number 797. Celesteela, the launch Pokemon. Uh, Celesteela is Ultra Beast number four. It goes by the codename Ultra Beast 04 Blaster, which is the same in Japanese. Uh, it is a steel flying Pokemon. It has Beast Boost as its ability, of course, like every Ultra Beast does. It is genderless. It is catch rate 45. Uh, it is 30 feet tall, 2,204 pounds, or almost 1,000 kilograms, 999.9 kilograms to be exact. I believe it is uh, one of, if not the heaviest Pokemon right now. Uh, of course, being an Ultra Beast, Celesteel does not evolve into any other Pokemon, does not evolve from any other Pokemon. Um, Celesteela is interesting it's a it's a very interesting pokemon because you know if anyone that who that who isn't a fan of pokemon looks at celesteel i'd be like that's a pokemon like it doesn't look like a pokemon if i'm being honest with you it's like it's like a bamboo rocket ship thing it's it's very odd it's very big it's very odd uh, of course celesteel is based on a rocket ship uh, also based on bamboo like i said it's also based on the uh, Japanese myth of Kaguya, the princess of the moon, uh, due to the look of her, or its hair, quote unquote, very quote unquote, uh, looking, you know, nobody's on its on its head, on its body. And interestingly enough, uh, some of the Pokedex entries of this Pokemon are very interesting. It says, one of the dangerous Ultra Beasts, high energy readings to be detected coming from both of its huge arms, that is the Ultra Sun pokedex entry and the ultra moon is even more interesting it says although it's alien to this world and a danger here it's apparently a common organism in the world where it normally lives see this brings up the thought that there are more things like this i mean obviously there's like the ultra space dimension all that stuff but it's really weird to think about that like there's a whole other universe and a whole other dimension uh and you know things like that where Lots of undiscovered Pokemon, quote-unquote, I suppose, are live and appear. Like, you know, we think of Pokemon as just the Pokemon we know. I know, of course, other than Pokemon on the on the planet that are undiscovered. But, like, there's other planets. There's aliens. There's other dimensions, you know, canonically, that where Pokemon live. It's very odd. It's very weird to think about that, like, things exist other than the Pokemon that we know in the Pokemon universe. Like, it's... Like, it boggles my mind thinking about it. Uh, Celesteela's shiny turns its uh, rocket arms and, like, its hair and a little bit on its body, uh, like, a, like a very pale white, and it turns a little bit of its other body parts like a paler green. Uh, overall, I would rate this shiny a 7 out of 10. It looks good. It looks really good. Uh, the white really works with the, uh, the green. Though I do have to say that I like its normal colors a little bit better than its shiny form. I think its normal look is much better, in my opinion. Now, something that I think is really interesting, I'm looking at its uh, its name origins in other languages. And, and the French uh, the French name for Celestila is Bamboiselle, which is a combination of bamboo and mademoiselle, which is French for, like, Mrs. 
I think that's really clever. Like, I almost wish we got something like that instead of Celestila. I really like that name. It's it's very clever. Um, I'm like I almost want to start calling it that. Like Bemblazel is such a nice, such a funny sounding thing. It's so fun to say, and it's really clever. I like it a lot. Now we're going to move on to uh, Celestila in terms of competitive Pokemon battling. This is obviously coming from Smogon.com. It is a uh, OU, which is overuse, the highest tier below Uber. Uh, it has an HP of 97, attack of 101, defense of 103, special attack of 107, special defense of 101, and a speed of 61. Uh, so it says that Celesteela is a solid defensive Pokemon in the tier, fantastic typing, well-rounded stats, and a large move pool. Uh, I have fought against lots of Celestilas in my day on uh, Pokemon Showdown, and let me just say, they are definitely right about that. It is hell to deal with. I hate this thing in competitive Pokemon battling. Uh, it is not fun. It is very defensive, very hard to deal with, only weak to a very few things. Obviously, its flying type gets rid of its steel weakness, or ground weakness, sorry. Uh, really, the only thing it's weak to is uh, fire. It also gets negated the fighting weakness gets negated from flying it's doesn't have a lot of weaknesses it's very tanky very defensive uh has a lot of moves that will heal it it has access to leech seed protect uh in fact actually the defensive uh smogun review or recommended move set is leech seed protect heavy slam flamethrower with a leftovers ability Beast boost and a nature of sassy which is plus special defense so making it even more tanky uh, obviously lowering speed because its speed is its worst stat and having leftovers makes it even more of a demon to deal with uh leech seed allows it to heal it has lots and lots and lots of defense tanky you know tanky stats it this thing is just great for a defensive wall in your team it's absolutely horrible to deal with in my opinion i fought against this thing many many times and let me let me just say that it is horrible and I think with that, that is going to be the end of the uh, random Pokemon of the week. Of course, I had to keep it a little bit short this week. I'm sorry about that because I have to keep these episodes somewhat short. But we are going to go back talking about uh, shiny Pokemon for a few more minutes. And then we're going to go with the last segment and then end it there. Uh, so uh, I just wanted to talk about a few more obscure things about shiny hunting. Uh, I really want to revisit the topic in later episodes when I have a lot of time to talk about them because I'm very, very low on time here. Uh, I did just want to say, uh, did you know that you could find shinies in Generation 1? Uh, if you have, because of course shinies didn't exist in Generation 1, but if you have a Pokemon with the correct uh, stats, the correct ID number, there's a certain way of figuring it out. I'm not 100% sure what it is. I would very much recommend looking it up. It's really interesting. There's a few videos of people online finding shinies in Generation 1, and the way that you do it is you have to find a Pokemon with certain stats, and then you transfer it over to Generation 2 or any other game, and it'll be shiny in that game. Uh, people, I remember specifically seeing somebody get a shiny Scyther that way. Uh, I would recommend looking up videos about it. It's really, really cool. Uh, speaking of Generation 1, I briefly wanted to talk about shiny hunting in Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee because I've been doing that a lot recently and I think it's very different from other games. Of course, in other games you have uh, SOS Calling in Sun and Moon, you have just random encountering, you have hoarding counters in X and Y and Omega Ruby, you have the Poke Nav, uh, the Poke Radar, and other games. But in uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, it's really interesting because you have to get a higher chain. And 
even then, when you have the max chain, when you have the shiny charm, when you have everything that you need uh, for getting the maximum odds of a shiny, you have a 1 in 317 chance, which I know I said that uh, having higher odds is more entertaining for me, but there's a really nice balance on Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Uh, I think that the shiny odds are just low enough where it's still fun. It's still I, I do admit that the shinies are a little bit too easy to find in that game, uh, but I think that it's still done very well. I think that uh, it's obviously still fun because I wouldn't be doing it if I was. I wouldn't have streamed it like a few days ago if I didn't find it fun. Um, so, you know, I, I think that it's a really interesting way, and I hope we see more ways of doing it in the future. I really like the way of like chaining Pokemon together to find a shiny uh kind of akin to the SOS calling like in Sun and Moon I think it has similarities to that but it's still interesting and also being able to see the shinies outside of battle because you don't necessarily really have to do encounters once you get past the chain of 31 it's kind of like you you get to a chain of 31 and then you uh, just kind of sit back and relax and wait for a shiny to appear. You know, it's it's very unlike other Pokemon games, and I think it's really interesting. I personally find it a lot more entertaining and a lot more uh, a lot more fun. Maybe just because it's new. Maybe because I've been shiny hunting in Sun and Moon for a long time. I'm kind of sick of the way it worked. But personally, I really like shiny hunting in Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Uh, some people have said they don't like it. I think it's really nice and. Uh, if you want to know more, you can look up in a guide on how to do it if you want to be, if you're interested in it or you just want to know because like I said, I don't have enough time to explain. I'm like I said, I'm definitely going to revisit this topic uh in later in a later episode when I have more time to talk about it. But I just wanted to have something to talk about. Think of this as like a little bit of a teaser for when I go more in depth into talking about uh shiny Pokémon again. So I was going to delve into the designs of shiny Pokemon, but I think I'm going to leave that for another episode because we are at the 50 minute mark, but I do have one more segment, of course, uh, for you today before I head off. Uh, like I said, I will be doing this topic again in a future episode. I can't promise when that'll be, but hopefully that'll keep you listening and in excitement for talking about shiny Pokemon again, if you want to hear me talk about it more. Um, but yes, I will be continuing the topic, just not in this episode. So the last segment we have today is, of course, Move Tutor, everyone's favorite thing where we talk about move, um, random move every episode. Um, this episode's move is Bestow. Uh, it is a non-damaging normal type move introduced in Generation 5. Uh, it transfers its held item to the target. So you basically give your uh, held item to the target, which is a way... Uh, which is actually very, very funny, because I believe, if I remember correctly, that is actually a way to uh, shiny hunt in Sun and Moon, where you give the Pokemon a Lepa Berry so it doesn't die and doesn't use all of its PP, uh, because you keep giving it Lepa Berries, and then it uses it, and then it gets its PP back. So, uh, the... So bestow fails if the user has no held item, if the target already has a held item, or if the target is behind a substitute. Bestow bypasses accuracy checks to always hit unless the target is in semi and vulnerable turn of a move such as dig or fly. It is blocked by protect and detect. Uh, you can give, you can use this move uh, to give someone a detrimental item such as a flame orb or a toxic orb, uh, which is nice for 
uh, and competitive if you know that a Pokemon that you're fighting doesn't have a health item. Like if you have a Pokemon with Frisk, or if you have a Pokemon uh, that tried to use another po- tried to use another move where you like steal an item or something like Thief and it didn't work, uh, you can use Bestow on a Pokemon to give it a detrimental item. Uh, like, you know, Sticky Barb if it's not a poison type. Uh, or, I mean, a Black Sludge if it's not a poison type, sorry. Uh, and then as well as a uh, Toxic Orb or a Flame Orb to burn or toxic your target. Uh, it's actually pretty useful. I believe I've used it a few times competitively. Uh, it's not a move you see very often, uh, which is kind of a, uh, you know, something that we see a lot of in this in this segment because there's a lot of moves and there's a lot of moves that aren't used very often. So, uh, you know, expect a lot of obscure moves to be mentioned here. But, I mean, hey, that's the fun of it, right? Learning some cool facts about obscure moves in Pokemon that you might not have known. Uh, so, if pow- powered up into Normalium Z, with a Normalium Z, sorry, into Z Bestow, the user's speed stat is raised by two stages. So, you can give your Pokemon, or give your opponent a detrimental item, or a helpful item if you really want, if you really want that. Uh, and, uh... Yeah, and you want to raise your speed a little bit. Uh, so, in actually, in Generation uh, 6 and onwards, Bestow will hit the target if it's used to protect or detect or spiky shield. Sorry. Uh, that was only in Generation 5 where it blocked by protect and detect. Uh, generation 6, Bestow will fail. Or 7, it will fail if the user holds a Z-Crystal. It also fails if, it, if the user holds a Megastone uh, or a Orb, like Garatina or you know, uh, Sovali, things that are, that are, you know, that only could be given to that Pokemon and are, you know, important for their, their transformation at the time. It's a pretty interesting move. Uh, I'm not really sure what else to say about it. It has 15 PP. <laughs> it's, uh, not a TMHM or move tutor. Uh, it's, it's an interesting move. I think it's very weird it's like uh like it's kind of on the line of like say thief, but it's like an opposite thief. It's just kind of like you give, you give your po- you give the, your teammate uh, another Pokemon. I believe there's other moves like it, like uh, like Fling. I know like throws your item, but and I know it like does damage based on what move it, what item it is, if I remember correctly. Uh, but Bestow is weird because it just straight up you just straight up give your Pokemon your held item. Uh, of course, you'd have to use it on like first turn if you're using like a Toxic Orb, or maybe you could use it on like a like a poison type who benefits from the toxic orb and then you give them your toxic orb. That would be really interesting, I think. So yeah, bestow. Uh, bestow your gift upon your enemy. <laughs> it is a very interesting move. Uh, something that I haven't seen very often outside of shiny hunting, like I said. All right, I think that's going to do it for me today. Uh, this has been Lily, your host. Make sure to uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, twitter.com slash lilycion also follow me on twitch and youtube of the same name lilycion also uh, do be sure to follow the extreme evocast official twitter where you can get updates on the uh, on the podcast you can also see retweets of things that i mentioned in the episode such as important news things that require more you know deep looking into uh, like i've mentioned before uh, or just see when a new episode is posted So that is going to do it for me today. Sorry about the shorter episode. Hopefully in the future that will be remedied and we can have, we can go back to hour and a half episodes. Uh, So I will catch you in the next episode. I hope you all have an amazing rest of your week and I will catch you then. See ya.